Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Jack Anstein. And I'm Casey Murray. On today's episode, we'll discuss the growth of the notary business and how it's connected to the election. And later, we'll hear from the Missouri entrepreneurs regarding their feelings about the upcoming election. Plus, we'll have the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Casey, today was exciting for me because I went ahead and dropped off my ballot for the election. Wow, that's awesome. Election season has been building and building and it's finally almost over and that's definitely the inspiration for today's show. Yeah, it seems to be on everybody's minds. So we'll be hearing some different entrepreneurs' perspectives on the election. But let's go ahead and get to our headlines first. Kansas City-based shipping software firm Veriship has merged with Utah startup Sifted. Sifted uses data to create predictive logistics for enterprise-level transporters. The merger will combine the two companies' software with the goal of providing a package that will help shippers optimize delivery times while lowering price. Veriship CEO Sean McCarrick said that many companies can be blindsided by carrier changes and delays, and that the merger between Shifted and Veriship can help create a predictive program so that no longer happens. The combined company will operate under the Sifted brand. University City-based artificial intelligence startup Capacity has raised $11 million in capital. Capacity builds itself as an AI-powered help desk that assists customers and employees online. The company has now raised a total of $34 million since it was founded. Capacity said its revenue tripled this year as companies turned to the startup to help employees work remotely. The University of Missouri-St. Louis is the latest partner to join the new geospatial incubator in downtown St. Louis. The university will open an office in the recently announced space called the Geospatial Innovation Center. The center is being established to bring together different actors in the geospatial field, ranging from government agencies to private businesses to academics, to hopefully boost innovation and entrepreneurship. UMSA will call its space the National Security and Community Policy Collaborative, and it will be run by Robert Abelode, who worked with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency for over 30 years. St. Louis-based biotechnology startup Berchea AI has become part of a pilot project run by the medical school at Washington University in St. Louis to scout potential treatments for COVID-19. The medical school will use augmented intelligence by Perchea AI to better analyze data. The tech will be implemented with the goal of helping researchers figure out what combinations of medicines help patients recover from the virus. Perchea AI was founded in 2019 and has worked with the university on projects before one over helping people speed up drug discovery. So Jack, have you ever had to go to a notary before? I haven't, and if I'm being honest, I don't really know what they do. A notary is someone who certifies official documents, so depending on what you do, you may not have ever had to get something notarized before. Oh, is that what you're doing your reporting on this week? Yes, there has been an increase in demand for mobile and electronic notaries in recent months, both because of the pandemic and because of upcoming elections. The company Notarize has added a thousand new virtual notaries since the start of the pandemic to keep up with extra demand. Wow, that's a lot. Why is this important in Missouri? Well, Missouri is one of the only three states that requires mail-in ballots to be notarized. 
There was even a Supreme Court case in Missouri recently that attempted to challenge the requirement. But partly because of that requirement, notaries are especially busy now. I spoke to several people in Missouri involved in the topic to find out more. For most people, having to access a notary is likely a rare and minor inconvenience. But the pandemic has thrust new importance onto an overlooked field. With businesses closed or people uncomfortable leaving their homes, the notarization process has been forced to modernize. This modernization is opening doors for entrepreneurs. I started it right about a year ago. I was working full-time as a paralegal for the last 28 years. I've worked for lawyers, but I started about a year ago just as an alternative to get out on my own. That's Michael Peregrin, a mobile notary in Kansas City. When he began having health issues about a year ago, he saw an opportunity in mobile notary work. He also said the opportunity has only grown during the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, um, the interest rates dropped considerably, and so everybody's refinancing. <laughs> and so there's just tons of refinancing work to be had at the moment. I don't know how long that will last, but for now that's the case. But opportunity didn't expand just from a financial aspect. Some people have also been more comfortable getting a notary to come to their home. Peregrine said that in a single day, he had three people who scheduled with him because they didn't want to leave their houses. There was two that were older and couldn't get out of their house. And one who, or she was, she just got home from the hospital. There has definitely been an uptick in people who need you to come to them as opposed to going somewhere to get it done. And notarization is expanding in other ways, too. DocuSign has ventured into the industry with a $38 million deal to buy a remote notary business. Before the pandemic, only 24 states allowed remote online notarization, but now 47 states do, according to venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. Missouri is among the states to make the switch. But when the pandemic hit, the Secretary of State did kind of an emergency authorization to allow it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of older folks who are really scared to get out right now. And it, people who are susceptible to coming down with COVID. And so I don't blame them. They're, they're looking for a way to do this without contact with other people. Peregrine is currently in the process of being authorized to do remote notarization. But there are more reasons to support the measure than just concerns from the pandemic. I, I'm also very interested in elections and we have to have notaries in the state of Missouri for absentee voting. And so I was definitely thinking about it from that angle as well. That's Amy Gramowski, a lawyer and notary in Kansas City who lobbied to get remote online notarization approved in Missouri. She said she was originally interested in notary work for her clients, that requiring voters to get mail-in ballots notarized can be confusing and inconvenient. I saw it as just a, like a convenience for clients and the whole notary process is uh, is probably a little antiquated anyway, just because you can verify people's signature or identity much better online now. But just the just the ease ease of use for clients and you know citizens. I think people can be intimidated by some of that process, and to make it easy, everybody knows about FaceTime and Zoom now. You know, so why not use that? Gromowski said that though Missouri is moving in the right direction, she would like to see remote online notarization continue expanding. They have a limited amount of vendors that you can use for the e-notary, and it would like to expand that. As the pandemic continues, the notary business will have to continue adapting and expanding. Thank you.
We are now joined by Missouri Business Alert reporter Sarah E. Vega. Sarah E., I know you've recently done some reporting on what issues matter most to entrepreneurs in the upcoming election. What gave you the idea to focus on this topic? Well, of course, the election is coming up, and so since Speaking Startup focuses on entrepreneurs, we wanted to hear how the election impacts small businesses. While I was doing research for this story, I came across a study done by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which surveyed 1,000 small business owners in the country to get an idea about where their focus is for the upcoming election. Were there any major takeaways from the survey? Well, the survey stated that 57% of small business owners chose the economy as their first or second most important issue going into the polls. The next two issues behind that are taxes and COVID-19. That makes sense. Those issues all have an impact on businesses. Definitely. I also found that almost two-thirds of small businesses said they are more interested in the 2020 election than the 2016 election. Wow, I'm interested in learning more about why this election is so important to small business owners. What makes this a truly unique election is that not only are voters deciding on elected officials and issues, but it's also happening during a pandemic which has negatively affected a lot of small business owners. That's why we decided to talk to a few entrepreneurs in Missouri to get their perspectives of what the election means for them and their business. When talking with these entrepreneurs, did you get a sense of what issues matter most to them? Yeah, one of the issues that came up was the impact that minimum wage has on small businesses. Jacob Myrickle from Cakes Reanimated, a bakery in Cape Girardeau, said that this is the issue he worries about the most. Labor cost is just, uh, you know, it's it's rough on a small business. I really worry. I do worry about minimum wage myself. Uh, it's hard to say that, you know, I don't want to see a bump in minimum wage, but it's also a truth that like, you know, if you're genuinely interested in seeing grassroots businesses, labor cost is one of the biggest ones right now. I've definitely seen cases where business owners want to support their employees, but struggle to do so. Is this a topic that came up with any other entrepreneurs? Yeah, Ezra England, the chef and owner of Casey Cajun in Kansas City, had a similar thought. He said keeping his staff employed is one of the biggest concerns. He wants to see if the next administration will be able to provide some kind of federal assistance, stimulus, or bailouts for small businesses. For me, it's particularly keeping uh, some type of federal assistance to keep my staff employed, uh, keep my workers employed and working. Uh, That's one big concern. I would say over half of the people that I knew that had restaurants have closed permanently. So I think it's definitely going to be an effort that's going to have to be tackled by the government, uh, the federal and the state level. It definitely seems that a lot of priorities have shifted as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Are there any other ways the pandemic influenced the entrepreneurs' main concerns heading into this election? Yeah, access to resources is something that was brought up when I spoke to Sharday Shears. She's the owner of Vivid Events, an event planning company in Grandview. She talked about how allocating resources for marginalized groups during this time is a priority for her. As an entrepreneur, I feel like, you know, we've gone through quite quite a bit um, from the pandemic to the shutdown to um, seeking resources to sustain our business. You know, when we have the support, the financial support, the um, uh, resources and and all of these things in place as other communities do, most people are willing to stay. They're willing to, you know, put in the extra work that it takes to support disadvantaged communities. I, I, I've seen successful programs, you know, go down just simply because of because the support isn't there or the financial support isn't there. 
So it seems like financial support overall is a huge focus for these business owners, but is the election's impact on their business the biggest factor that influences how they vote? Well, yes. In a study done by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, it stated that 81% of small business owners report that the impact of a candidate's policies on their small business plays a role in deciding which candidates to support. Was that the case for the entrepreneurs you spoke with? Well, interestingly enough, their opinions differed. Jacob Myrickle with Cakes Reanimated agreed that a candidate's policies on business is a major factor when casting his ballot. Especially on a federal level, you know, when you're talking about presidential and uh, senatorial elections, uh, they can make uh, broad sweeping changes. It makes a lot of difference for these small businesses because they know that it can be just as, as simple as the stroke of a pen and then boom, there goes your business. On the other hand, Shears in England said the impact a presidential candidate's policies would have on their business isn't the top priority when it comes to how they will vote. Why is that? Well, for England, he puts a lot of importance on how the black community will be affected by the next administration. I mean, just from a, from a, from a moral perspective, community first and my business kind of just something on the, the second end of that. Um, because I just see so much devastation in my community uh, as far as from the businesses to the, to the violence to a lot of different aspects. They, they, it starts with having some type, of, some type of economic development, some type of thing for people to learn to go in and, and do those trades or do those skills and then somehow get paid for them. Shears also shares a similar perspective to England when talking about the factors she's considering in the upcoming election. We've also faced a lot of uh, social injustice, um, things that's been going on in our communities. And so with me being a um, woman-owned minority business owner, um, those two things alone have been uh, quite a journey. That's just one piece of the pie. Um, there are several other things that um, will play into um, my decision as to who or, you know, which candidate I would vote for. And there are so many other things that I, you know, would need to weigh as far as options uh, when it comes to um, everyday life and um, other individuals who my vote will affect and impact. There are definitely a lot of factors for small business owners to consider in deciding who to vote for. I agree. And because of the pandemic and the surge of the Black Lives Matter movement, it makes this a very historic election. Well, thank you for joining us and sharing the perspectives of these entrepreneurs. Thanks for having me. Now let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. The digit I've chosen is 50 million. Why 50 million? Nixa-based internet service provider Total High Speed will receive nearly $50 million in loans and grants from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to expand broadband in Missouri. That's the largest amount of money any Missouri provider is getting from a new round of $91.5 million in federal funding. The funds will come to total high speed in a roughly $25 million grant and a loan of about the same amount. The company says it plans to expand internet access to about 26,000 people, over 700 farms, and about 400 businesses in southwest Missouri. STE Communications, Marshall Municipal Utilities, and MissouriCom are the other companies benefiting from the program. 
Expanding internet access in Missouri is especially important during the pandemic, when lots of business and education is being moved virtual. What digit do you have for us? My digit's 19. Why'd you choose that digit? St. Louis nonprofit Arch Grants has announced 19 companies in its latest cohort. Arch Grants is a startup support organization that provides $50,000 to companies equity-free. The startups also get mentorship, introductions, and other perks. Over half of the new startups joining the program are based in the St. Louis area. The cohort also includes businesses headquartered outside of Missouri. As part of the Arch Grant Award, each of these companies will operate their businesses from St. Louis for at least one year. And that just about concludes this week's episode. We just need our closing thought. Here's Michael Peregrin, the mobile notary, discussing what he likes about the job. I love meeting all the people and going to their homes. I get to be in some fantastic places. I mean, I've been in some of the biggest, most beautiful homes in Kansas City. And so every day I get new stories from folks. That's all for this week's episode. We'll be taking election week off, but we'll be back after that with more news on Missouri entrepreneurship. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Casey Murray and me, Jack Anstein. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.